Uni Taste Days proudly presents the Uni Guide, supporting you with all things university. A warm welcome back, listeners, to the Uni Guide podcast. It's showtime. And in this episode, we're going to be exploring conservatoires, how they differ to university, and what they have to offer you as a student. Before we meet our expert guest and get into exploring conservatoires, I'm going to, of course, welcome back my trusty co-host, John. John, welcome back to the pod. Such music and atmosphere, Tim. Really looking forward to this. Are you all set for this episode? I know we've rehearsed it. We rehearsed it? Yes, John. Come on. The conservatoires. That's what we're going to be focusing on today. Ah, I remember now. You pitched this to me so well. Great, John. Come on. Stick to the script. Did you manage to book us an expert guest as per of the episode? You know we need a specialist for this one. Yeah, Tim, expert guest is what we need. Someone with many strings to their bow. Quite, John. Did you manage to get the book in then? Booked, tick, auditioned, tick. We really need a guest who can perform and orchestrate their knowledge and technique to our lovely audience. No understudies, only the best will do, Tim. Someone who can face the music and dance. Someone we can all take note from in terms of their wisdom. John, enough. Enough is enough. Come on. Sorry, Tim. Sorry, everybody. I knew this might happen. Your love of arts is interfering with you. You're getting all giddy and worked up. Look, John, take your moment, take the stage, and please introduce our guest. Yeah, love the arts, Tim. And actually, it takes me back to the last job I had a long time ago now with the university, which was actually with a arts college. So really looking forward to this episode. And I want to get straight to the introduction to our guest. So with that in mind, welcome to James and those who haven't tuned out yet. I'm really looking forward to this episode, learning more about conservatoires, as it's a topic I do need to tune up on. I will stop there. Thank God for that. Uh, it was wearing thin. <laughs> okay, so without further ado, I'm delighted to welcome our special guest today, which is James Rue. James, welcome to the UniGuide pod. Hope you're well. Hi, Tim. Hi, John. It's great to be here. I'm looking forward to telling your listeners a bit more about conservatoire education. So with this podcast, we, we always ask guests this same opening question, and I'll start with that now. So can you just tell us a little bit about what you do, and then perhaps more importantly, why you do it? I'm the Access and Participation Manager at Leeds Conservatoire, and that basically means that I look after everything that we do to support students who are in from underrepresented groups and disadvantaged backgrounds access in higher education that's specialist to uh, performing arts and music. So bringing these opportunities that are traditionally quite seen as elitist to people who wouldn't normally consider themselves able to do that. Thanks James and welcome to the pod. Can you just share with audience a little bit about your, your background? I come from a, a white working class background. I come from a pit village in South Yorkshire. I know how these students feel. Um, I came from the background and kind of really empathise and understand where they are. But I also think that I, I kind of recognise my privilege as somebody who is white and cisgender and male working in higher education. So I use my platform to advocate for and amplify disadvantaged voices trying to kind of do the best that I can to kind of make a difference to kind of the world of outreach and make it, making sure that it is sort of accessible to more and more people. Particularly coming from like that, that white working class boy background, I was on AIM Higher programmes myself. 
I know how much kind of a lot of that leaned into the stereotypes around being male and working class. And I didn't fit that. So I particularly want to kind of look at how we can kind of have, build more nuance into, into programs such as that that support students from specific backgrounds. Good on you, James. And, and inclusivity is, is is right up our street. So a big thank you for everything you're doing and, and how how empowering, how nice is it that you go to work every day and, and are actually helping so many people. So good on you. What we're going to do now is just go straight to the basics. What is a conservatoire? This, this term, it sounds really posh. What is it, James? What does it mean? So a conservatoire is a specialist higher education provider that offers vocational training in music and performing arts. Conservatoire sounds like a really fancy word. It's just French for music school. So that's where it kind of comes from. And it does have that big kind of what does that mean around it. Um, and I know that puts people off sometimes. But really, it's just a music school. It's just a drama school. Um, and it's that kind of official language for it. You know what? I My best mate at uni studied at a conservatoire. Um, and I always used to think in my mind... I wonder what that posh word means. And I've never, ever, into, I genuinely, I didn't know what the meaning was. So thank you for sharing. I've, um, I've already learned something. So what kind of subjects can you expect to study at a conservatoire? Traditionally and predominantly, a conservatoire is a music school. But many of us now also teach things like acting, dance, business, film, and things like media as well. So it really depends on the individual institution. But there's a, a, a wide variety of things available. And as I've just mentioned, it, it, it's real vocational training. It's about the practical skills side of education as opposed to kind of being really academic and studious. Are you studying that as a broad subject or a specialism within it? So that really depends on the institution. Some institutions kind of classify their music courses by instrument. So you could go and study a specific instrument in whatever genre or style that you want. Some of us also classify our courses by genre. So you could go and study a degree in folk or traditional music or popular music, for instance. So there really is a breadth of music and it's very rare that you'd go and kind of study a broad range of styles because there's a lot of artistic difference between them. So you go and you'd specialize in a, in a genre or in an instrument and learn how to kind of play play within that style and uh, within that genre or kind of knowing about the traditions of that instrument, for instance. This perhaps shows how basic my mind is, but a lot of students that do want to say want to study languages, they they don't study languages per se. What they would do is study perhaps French or Spanish. Is that kind of the same theory with music? A student wouldn't perhaps study with a conservatoire, at least music itself. They'd study something within it. Yeah, absolutely. So it depends on the institution has, as to how they deliver this. Whilst your degree might be BA music or a BMUS, which is the kind of equivalent for a specific music degree, it would be in either your instrument, your specialist instrument, so um, a genre, and a genre within that, or it would be as a genre, so you'd kind of study uh, popular music or folk music. Um, or jazz or classical as the kind of the genre that you were a specialist in got yeah so small and specialist is yeah starting to uh, starting to get the picture here there's differences there's quite a lot of differences between technique between the genres so it's kind of would give you 
would give you that kind of specialist education in your your world that you're interested in uh, rather than kind of make you a generalist to, to to music that would be quite a large thing to try and study in three years so going back towards more like the conservatoire type topic do you mind just again for students in terms of our listeners we have students interested in university listening we've got parents obviously supporting the student we also have teachers that support students they might know a lot more than i do perhaps about conservatoires etc and how they work but do you mind just giving a, a, a like a, how how do conservatoires differ between studying at university yeah so a conservatoire is a creative environment you're surrounded by other creative people everything is tailored for artists and creatives from the kind of the buildings that we're in right down to what's on offer through student support. A lot of us offer things like Alexander Technique Therapy as part of our student support offer, and which is, that helps with kind of performance anxiety, posture, and you'll also often find things like physiotherapy available through a student support service at a conservatoire. It's uncomfortable to sit and try and play a harp for a long period of time. So we need to make sure our students look after their bodies. So there's kind of differences like that, as well as kind of being in a smaller environment. So yeah, we're also quite often smaller than a traditional university. Yeah, so when we say smaller, we're not saying, you know, we're not necessarily talking about the buildings and the size of the place you're studying. We're talking about class sizes. We're talking about the amount of students who are at the conservatoire aren't we so if we take leeds conservatoire for example we're one of the biggest conservatoires we have around 1500 students but that's kind of an average size if not smaller than a typical fe college so we tend to get to know our students better we we, we know people by name much more quickly than other places do and as you say james i expect more practical more vocational specific on that instrument that genre that style courses are often a lot more practical than a traditional university degree so if you're someone who isn't um particularly academic academically minded or interested in kind of theory and study of uh, like the history of music or the history of performing arts for instance and you really want to hone those practical skills and be able to kind of jump straight into the industry and be an artist then a conservatoire might be better for you because the courses are kind of geared that way. They're made to be um, perfect for somebody who wants to be an artist or a performer. Thank you. And if anyone else, when James said posture, adjusted their seat, you're not alone. I did exactly the same thing. It kind of reminded me I need to be sitting up straighter. Um, right. Keeping on the, the subject of, of, of where we're going at the moment in terms of like the differences between a conservatoire and, and a traditional university, I just want to explore a little bit more the student experience. We've do you mind just giving us an idea of, of what what it's like to study at conservatoire in terms of the actual experience itself with students? Our courses are crafted to be highly practical vocational courses. You will get kind of guaranteed one-to-one tuition in your specialist instrument or in your specialist area of study from a tutor who is also a specialist. So we, we for instance, if you study classical guitar, we're not going to give you a tutor who plays jazz trumpet as your one-to-one tutor because they just don't know but what we are going to match you with is somebody who understands where classical guitar is and where you are with that as well and how how that kind of works you'll also 
experienced kind of really good industry links throughout studying. So things like employability aren't kind of a stick on um, or a separate module. They're things that are kind of weaved throughout the tuition across your three year course or your four year course. So you'll get those opportunities to work with industry before you're kind of approaching that end point of university. And um, so it won't be something that's kind of daunting and scary towards the end. And things like the fact that you'll also get masterclasses from world-class artists. Lots of us have people in to visit and deliver something that they're so specialist at. It's a great opportunity for students to kind of get a, a wide variety of perspectives on what they're studying and hear from people who are kind of leaders in their that their field no that sounds great um how about kind of assessments you know how's the the student you know is it a practical course is it a practical assessment is that is that too much of an assumption or is that an obvious thing to say so the assessments are also highly practical we're not going to make you kind of write really long essays all the time it's a good skill to have so we do still include an essay every now and again but um, in terms of kind of your general assessments, you assess through things like portfolio, through performances, through reflections and journals. So things like that really make the experience kind of, it, it, it feels more like how you're going to work with people in the industry rather than kind of just writing for the sake of writing. James, what we're really keen, I, I find this so interesting. I'm so curious to find out more, but I'm, I'm conscious that in terms of the podcast, we've We've only got a limited time with you. So I want, to, I want to go quick fire, if that's okay with you, and ask you a few questions about the student experience and what can expect. So typical week, what does a typical week look like in a conservatoire? There is no typical week, and I'm sure you get that answer pretty often. A music course is, is different to a performing arts course, for instance. So for us, our music courses have contact hours of around 11 hours a week, um, with the expectation that a student has does some uh, personal study on their instrument, on their assignments, on top of that. For our drama courses, musical theatre and acting, they're kind of a, a lot different. So it's more like 30 hours a week for 30 weeks of the year because that's industry standard. And that part of that is how you get, as a course, get accredited by people like Equity, who is the Actors' Union, and Spotlight, who are the it's kind of the uh, Argos catalogue for actors. That kind of means that you're going to be taught to an industry standard. You're going to know what to expect when you go out into that world. Um, so it, it, you're not, it's not a traditional kind of university kind of tuition experience. Whereas kind of 11 hours a week for a music course is a bit more similar to a, a course at a university. So in terms of how students are taught really? as well, do you, like it, is it, say tutors and staff, are they, are they industry professionals? Are they more academic? Are they musicians? Have you got actors? So the vast majority of our staff are part-time members of staff. And they are, that's because they are artists, they are directors, they are actors, they are writers. They work in the industry, they are active within the industry, they still have a career. They're not people that have had a career and have come to teach. They are people that are they're in they're, they're they're really in there and they're they've really got their fingers on the pulse of kind of what's happening now in the industry and where it's going. 
so you, you you're taught by people who kind of are are there right now living where you want to be in the future love that love that uh, industry experiences is fantastic that brings us to the end of part one join us after the short break for part two we'll be getting more experiences and insights from james what it's like to study within the conservatoire Okay, so let me move on now to facilities then. So say if, I would say I was going to start, but I'm the least creative person on the planet. So let's go for Tim. So if, if Tim was going to start a creative course, which say to study at a conservatory, what, what facilities might you want to look out for? What facilities might be available at different conservatories? You really want to look out for facilities that are specifically designed for artists and creatives. So you want to look for the specialist rooms that are there that you'd expect to see. You'd want to look and make sure that the library wasn't just a generalist library. Well, it had and was tailored towards um, kind of music, performing arts specifically. You want to look and see whether there are instrument stores for learning instruments that aren't as common or for learning bigger instruments or other bits of equipment. You want to see recording studios and other bits of equipment like that and dance studios and performance spaces a key part of being at a conservatory is that opportunity to perform so you need those specialist spaces in the house thank you right so i'm gonna move on now to myths and the first i think the first or one of the first podcasts we did looked at myths in relation to university that students teachers parents need to be aware of so let's ask one in terms of your day-to-day job so is there any myths around conservatoires and specialist institutions that you would like to confront yeah so i think the, the biggest one for conservatoires is that you have to be from an affluent background to study at a conservatoire. Of course it helps, but we won't let talent slip by us if we see it. Lots of us have support available for people before they even get to us, before they get to that stage of applying. You just have to look. Great to hear, James. Can you give us some examples then of, of support and opportunities that are out there for people? So some of us have things like junior conservatoires where children as young as eight can come and work with us and get tuition the idea of that kind of private tuition in music and performing arts it it can be costly but with places like conservatoires there's often kind of financial support available for people who don't have it we don't want money to be a barrier to trying to get into this into these industries we think it's really important that people from working class, lower socioeconomic backgrounds have this opportunity just as much um, as somebody who has a, a wealth behind them. That links so nicely to, to our kind of opening question where we looked at what you do and, and why you do it. But I just want to stay on finance for a second because we've there's loads of research that shows finance is the biggest barrier to university and and it sounds like it's a, it's a huge consideration for conservatoires and, and kind of your role in could you mind if we touch on bursaries and scholarships? So free money, is is there opportunities for bursary scholarships if students are just finding the, the financial side of things a massive challenge? Absolutely, there is. So again, it, it really differs between institution and there's different things available. Sometimes they're available based on merit um, and kind of academic achievement. Sometimes they're based on kind of your talent in an instrument or in a genre. And sometimes they're based on kind of your background and circumstances. So it depends just what's available at each institution. 
Some of them are from the institution, some of them are from external funders, and there's kind of criteria to meet around them and things you might have to do um, when you receive them. And it's just best to kind of have a look what's available where you're interested in studying. All right, James. So you've got a student that is they've explored conservatoire and they've you know, perhaps worked with parents and teachers to, to do so as well. They've looked at various scholarships. They see that finance might not be a barrier for them. So then they're going to get to the application stage. They want to apply. Do you mind just giving us an overview of how the process works and, and the different steps that students need to be aware of as part of it? Good question, John. There's three main routes, isn't there, James? Can you explain them? Absolutely. So you've got your kind of UCAS main scheme, traditional approach to applying to a university. That's kind of application by late January, five choices, all down in one. Your next choice and next route is UCAS Conservatoires scheme. So this is a specific scheme for performing arts and music institutions. Not all of us use UCAS altogether. And some of us kind of use UCAS Conservatoires for some of our courses, but not all of them. Um, but this is separate to UCAS main scheme. So you can have two sets of applications in. So you can have five applications with UCAS main scheme and then another six with UCAS Conservatoires. They can all go in at the same time and you can kind of have a lot of option where you might want to go. The third option, some of us, as I said, don't use UCAS, on, UCAS at all. So direct application is also possible, but that's kind of the, the rules and guidance around that are set by each individual institution. So you need to really make sure there's no, there's no kind of blanket easy approach to that application process that's kind of here's the here's the top tip here's the here's the thing to do you really need to look at what each institution sets out as that that's their route that's what you have to do to apply to them brilliant james that's really helpful what happens then when you've done your application what happens next for the student once you've done that application you'll receive an invite to either to come to audition or to submit an online audition or submit a portfolio or attend an interview. This is a really crucial part for conservatoires and for specialists. It's an opportunity for us to get to know you and to see what you're capable of. We really aren't looking for the perfect and polished article. We want to see that you have potential to train and would be able to do well in the industry after three years of training with us. At this point, generally, a lot of people get a bit disheartened when they get a no, but quite often it's not, it's not an absolute no, it's a not yet. And that's because we would be doing a disservice to you if we said we said yes to you and we put you through this training and then you weren't going to be successful in the industry or you weren't ready for, to go out into the industry just yet. James, auditions and portfolios in terms of the student perspective here, anything you can share that's important to know? The thing with auditions and portfolios um, and this part of the application process, it does often cost. It is more likely, more, more likely that you would have to pay for this element at most places and it can be quite costly some of us don't charge at all little plug for Leeds Conservatoire there but others also have support schemes available so it really is about looking for 
kind of what's available from that um, institution. And it might be that you have to apply to be part of a, a larger scheme that they run to support people. It may be just a case of submitting some financial information um, that they, they can kind of action kind of a fee waiver for the audition part. That brings us to the end of part two. Join us after this short break for the all important hints, tips and resources and advice from James on studying at a conservatoire. James, I know early in part two, we, uh, John was asking you about some myths, but a really big one that kind of comes up in a lot when we're talking about creative subjects, the arts, if you like, is, you know, people knock them and say, well, will the young person get a career? It's hard. It's a, it's a difficult industry to get into, et cetera, et cetera. I just kind of would like you to, to think about that. Uh, let's explore that and pick that apart in terms of your, your insights here. It's about the career that's available and the job opportunities and the work opportunities. And the big thing there that people say is kind of it's not a real viable career choice for people. But that's simply not true. It just doesn't look like the same career path that a lot of people take. And in fact, the majority of people take. It isn't a nine to five job. You have this thing called a portfolio career. Um, so it's a career built on kind of different jobs, different aspects of work that kind of culminate in who you are as a professional and kind of kind of have their own bits that they've contributed to your practice and who you are as an artist and creative. It's a real flexible way of working. It suits people really, some people really nicely. It brings a lot of variety to what you can do and what you can get out of your life and your career. And some people really want that. And I totally understand that some people want that nine to five kind of life. And that that is available within the music industry and the performing arts industry. But if you're going to be a performer, then it's more likely that you'll have that kind of portfolio career. Brilliant points there, James. Fantastic answer. I'm just wondering in terms of getting that student ready for the outside world. Obviously, you're going to have contact with professionals, as you say. How else can you support them, their progression, getting them ready um, in terms of maybe employability and a business point of view? So we aren't just going to keep you in this kind of beautiful education bubble where everything's rosy and you just get to study your instrument and your subject we help you kind of understand what it means to be a professional within your industry. We'll teach you things that might seem ridiculously boring, like how to do your tax return, but they're things that make you a professional and make you able to exist and occupy space in the world and not not get told off by the tax man. Whilst we'll often also have um, employability and careers teams around that that are available to kind of answer personal questions there's things like that taught throughout so you really get through years to kind of develop skills in how to make yourself viable as an artist and find kind of things like how to apply for funding in the industry how to find work as a freelancer or things about getting industry representation the things that you need to make your career work those are the things that conservatoires help you with. They help you um, identify kind of potential solutions for you in the first instance. They will also kind of help you in the long run of kind of knowing who's good for you and kind of who's good to work with for you and who gets who you are as an artist um, and kind of helps you find that work that you want to do. And some of us will also teach you how to make your own work. 
because um, that's uh, an important part of this industry too. Sometimes it's far more exciting to be able to be a professional that gets to just choose what you do and choose what you want to do and, and not have to say yes to kind of the jobs that you really, are, your heart's not there in. So we kind of help you kind of build this kind of network where you can go and talk with other industry professionals and build something that you really want to do and get out of your job. And a lot of people don't see it as a job. They see it as a real vocation. It is It is who they are. It's an intrinsic, having art and culture as part of who they are is really important to them. But it's about how do you, how do you make money from that? It's all right, it being good and right for you, but how do you use that to survive and to live um, and to have a career and be successful? So it is a viable career, despite what anyone says. It's about how you make it work for you a lot of the time. Have you have you gone and seen a, a recent performance or a production or a play recently? And what was it? Sure. I um I went to see Oklahoma in the West End recently. Fantastic. And you might not have done this when you were enjoying yourself there, sat with your popcorn or maybe a drink and getting into the into the getting into the some of the performances. But sometimes it's good to think about and signpost some of the different careers that are available, all the people that support that performance happening, not just the person you're watching on the spotlight. Can you just give us some insights into maybe some of the people who will be behind the scenes or involved? Or There's always so much more than what you see on the stage happening. For it to even get to that point, there's got to be a script, there's got to be music, there's got to be um, direction. So you're looking at kind of the creatives as well as the performers there. So there's, there's directors, there's writers, there's lyricists, there's there's so many moving parts that go into kind of building these, these shows uh, in a theatre. There's whole creative teams that you don't ever see on stage. There's directors and costume designers and choreographers and composers. So it's it's a lot more than just being a, than about just being a performer uh, and the the people who are kind of front and center on the stage, and even outside of that, there's kind of the marketing, there is um, artist management. They all go into contributing to the industry, so it's not just kind of about those kind of headline jobs where you are the star of the show. We've mentioned um, your institution as well, so Leeds Conservatoire. What other, how many other kind of conservatoires are there across the across the country or the UK that our listeners can be aware of? That conservatoires in the UK are represented by Conservatoires UK, um, and there are eleven members um, to Conservatoires UK. We don't all feature on the UCAS list because we don't all use UCAS, but there are. Places such as Royal Birmingham Conservatoire, the Royal Academy of Music, Royal Conservatoire of Scotland, places also like Trinity Laban Conservatoire of Music and Dance, and Lambda in London as well. Um, there's a real variety of places, and I, I, I know um, people are going to tell me off for not including them on that list, but there's just so many of us um, in the UK now. Um, and we all offer something different, we all offer something exciting. We kind of know that we're not right for everyone. And the big thing there is that you come and have a look at everywhere or as many places as you want to, to really see what we have on offer, what's 
what's exciting about us, what you don't like about us just as much as what you do. So we want to make sure that we're the right place for you as much as we want you here to study with us. And equally, it might be that you want to study at a university because you want that wider environment. You want to be in a really big bustling place with people who don't just study creative subjects. And that's just as valid a choice. And you are still as likely to be able to work in industry as you are if you come and study at Conservatoire. We get that we're not right for everyone, but what we offer is kind of that really specialist practical experience. And there are some really high quality performing arts programmes and music programmes in a traditional university with access to things that and funding that some Conservatoires don't have access to. So the quality of education will be just as high, but it will just be different. So it's about finding what's right for you. James, it's been so interesting, so useful to hear your advice, your thoughts. And a closing question we always have and a closing tradition we have for this podcast is, is actually to step back and be a bit more reflective. So knowing what you do now and taking into account all the experience, much of which you've shared as part of this podcast, can you just provide us with three tips that you would give your younger self about university? My big one would be to take everybody, every opportunity offered and make the most of everything that's kind of put in front of you. My second would be to use the support services that, that are available much better than I did. The third one is, because I, I studied an education degree and a teaching degree specifically, so education isn't just about teaching. There's so many more opportunities than that. So don't get sidetracked by thinking that that's the only option out there for you. I'm afraid to say we have run out of time. It's time to draw that curtain to a close. Thank you so much, James, for everything you've shared in this podcast. And please do check out the links within the show notes. Thanks for having me. It's been wonderful to be able to chat with you. You've been listening to The Uni Guide, supporting you with all things university. While you're here, why not give us a rating? If you have any comments, suggestions, or want to ask us any questions at all, please contact us using info at unitasterdays.com. Stay tuned, like and share, and as always, take care.